0: You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is.
1: Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 345. On today's show, I'm going to be chatting with The Rain Within. And uh, before we get to that, I just have a few things to say, and then we'll listen to a song, and then we'll chat, and that's what we're going to do, because that's what we do here on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. So, I would just like to say that I put out a video on YouTube that... That you should uh, check out remember back earlier in the year when I was obsessed with that art grid ad the let me show you how to create an amazing ad using stock footage you know that one anyway so I filmed this video in May that I intended to release in May (laughs) and then (laughs) and then things got out of control and I never got to put it out in time so, spoiler alert, I recorded a video with the actor from that commercial, and it was a lot of fun, and you should go check it out, because it's a it's a funny video. I would also like to say that Beyond Synth is brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters and supporters on PayPal. So I'd just like to say that Jersey on PayPal just wants you all to know that logic will get you from A to B. Synth music will take you everywhere, and that is a famous quote from Albert, the fuck does it say, Synthstein? You remember him, he was a genius. And I would also like to acknowledge Marcus Nord. Marcus Nord's a cool guy who uh, just sent a gift on PayPal, the triple six. So thank you, Marcus Nord, for supporting the show. You are a cool guy. And what else? Cenotaph is back. And, uh, ooh, Adam Conway has upgraded his support. That's right, he is now in the $10 Club. Adam Conway is a cool guy, and you should all know it. And also, just to uh, keep everyone's anticipation... Is that it? Keep your anticipation in check? That's not the thing. Keep your hopes in check? Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not keep your anticipation in check, it's keep your... Damn it. Anyway, so I know every year we do a Beyond Synth Christmas episode... And, I mean, sometimes we cut it pretty close and we record it in, like, late November and it gives me some time to edit it together. So, although I still maintain that I will be recording with them before the end of this season, (laughs) there's no way we're doing a Christmas episode (laughs) (laughs) because it is December 19th and we have not recorded anything. So, uh, what I'm hoping to do is some kind of year-end wrap-up episode, which would actually be very fitting. As you know, uh, next season of Beyond Synth is getting a complete reboot, so, you know, it would be funny to send off the old Beyond Synth with a look at set episode, but I don't want to promise anything because <laughs> I will have a heart attack trying to edit that show if we don't record anything until, like, A day before it's due. But whatever, we'll figure it out, okay? So look, let's listen to some Rain Within, and then we'll go chat with the Rain Within. Now, I don't know which song to play here. It's a toss-up, honestly, between Rain Like the Devil and Violet Glow. I would like to say that uh, this episode is brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters the kings of the Pattersons my top tier donors we're talking about Mike Shima with the 82 we're talking about Chris Dance we're talking about Mystery Donor big shout out to Dennis LaFunk and I would also like to thank Mike Erdahl with the 5666 Brandon Decker and Tim Carlton in the $50 Club then we got My semi-sonic friend Jacob Wick My dinner dog friend Dinner Doug And Retro Serenade with the 4111 You guys are all awesome Thank you so much uh, for supporting the show And uh, shit, let's listen to Let's listen to Violet Glow That's the song I'm going to pick So we're going to listen to Violet Glow By the Rain Within, and when the song is over, we will be chatting with the Rain Within. I should point out that this episode was recorded a while ago, so some of the references. (laughs) It makes it very clear that this was recorded months and months ago. But the point is, we had a fun chat, so that's the bottom line. So check this out. This is Violet Glow by the Rain Within. Well, I am here right now with The Rain Within. How's it going, man? Going good, man. You having a good day?
2: So far, I mean, I, you know, I wake up late, so good so far. But it's it's only just begun. Things could go terribly tragic later on.
1: This interview is going to be like a gotcha journalism where I just, like, pull up old things you said and just confront you with things. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. That's what I like waking up to. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> to do that i would have had to have done research and my audience knows i don't do any of that so you are andy dean is that correct that is correct yes so you go by andy are you an andy i am an andy there you go i've talked to a few andys this season it's interesting often when i meet people they prefer to be called andrew because it's like more serious sounding yeah i'm not a very serious guy so (laughs) uh andy works well sweet Well, you're you're an Andy after my own heart, then. That's good. (laughs) Nice. So I want you to tell me about The Rain Within, but lately I've noticed, uh, since I don't do research, that everyone I talk to happens to be part of, like, another band that I didn't know about. So do you have another band that I don't know about? Possibly. Okay.
2: I mean, it all depends on the circles (laughs) you run in, but I, um not my first band but my first band that you know I I toured with and everything is called Bella Morte you know toured in the goth scene for years and and still do we just played a uh, a goth convention called Dark Side of the Con up in New Jersey a couple weeks ago but the reign within is actually named after a song on the second Bella Morte album that I wrote called The Rain Within Her Hands and that song kind of stylistically led to The Rain Within all these years later, as uh, Bella Morte became more guitar-driven and stuff, you know, live drummers and stuff, I really miss doing synth-pop and and you know more '80s-influenced sounds. And so I, just as kind of a hobby or just kind of a you know something for fun, I I wrote a couple of Rain Within songs. Before I'd even name the act, and I released actually on um digitally online a cover of uh Stay With Me by Shakespeare's sister. And then years later, I finally put together an album. And after I put out the album, I pulled the album because I was like, that's not exactly what I want this act to sound like. And then came my first EP, and uh from there it, it started gathering steam organically. And then I started doing shows, you know, just kind of from there, it just kept growing and growing and, uh, eventually signed to Negative Game Productions when they caught a show of mine in L.A. And, uh... That's where I'm at today.
1: So for people listening to this, if they're familiar with your work, they might get mad at me for not talking about Bella Morte. So just so I have some context here, are you the creative driver of that project as well? Or is that more of a band? Like, what's the deal?
2: So uh, Bella Morte at this point is me and uh, my guitarist slash co-writer, Tony Likmanski. So it's the two of us and we hire a drummer whenever we play. Usually it's a guy named Christian Carver. Who has his own project, uh, synth pop kind of EDM project called Carve R Carver. So it's C A R V dot R, and uh, he's doing some really good things on his own too. But he's oh, he's our drummer ninety nine percent of the time when we uh, when we play anywhere live. So
1: Bellamorte is still a thing.
2: It is. I'm much more active with the Rain Within, but uh, I hope to be writing songs with both acts until you know until I'm in the grave. So,
1: okay, because I should just preface for the audience that we're going to be mostly focusing on Rain Within today, which is, yeah, what I figured. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> so, but I just want to make sure we touch on it because you know, if someone's a fan of yours and then they they go, This, this asshole interviewer, man, he never talked about Bella Morte. <laughs> so, there we did it, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then, okay, so you said, so that project was moving sort of more guitar based and you wanted to do more of the synth pop stuff. Did you consider like having Bella Morte just sort of move in that direction or did you feel like Rain Within was different enough that it needed to be this thing?
2: I feel like it was different enough and the, the stuff I was writing with, uh, with Bella, I felt, was good and it didn't need any changes you know i liked where it was and if i had switched it up like that i'd have probably just ended up missing the guitar style stuff you know Mm. so it was easier just to separate these things And it's there's, you know, I I love writing with Tony, but also writing by yourself. You can go at your own pace. And I I write a lot of music. So that's that's also another nice thing about having us, you know, a project that's completely your own. Do you like alter your look? Not so much. Sometimes I uh, I'm more inclined to put my hair up with Bella Morte than I am the Reign Within.
1: How do you describe that haircut, right? Because it looks sort of like, it's kind of like Mohawkie, but then it's like long because it's like short at the sides, but then there's like the long stuff on top. Like, what is this? It's kind
2: of morphed into kind of its own creature. I don't know, but I do know that I like it. Like, I've just had the same (laughs) hair forever, and I'm like, this just kind of works for me, whatever it is. How do you put it up? First, you start with a uh, backcombing it, so you you know you get it all like bunched up, mm-hmm. and then there's a uh, there's a hairspray called "Got to Be Glued" in a big yellow can. It looks like something coming out of like you know an industrial factory, mm. <laughs> and the stuff is it's incredible, and it really does just hold at that point. And I blow dry it while I'm spraying it, and. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's, inc- it's it's an incredible thing. Wait, so then when it's, like, up in what way? Like a
2: mohawk or, like... Kind of a mohawk, except that I've, you know, I don't have anything on the back. Like, it's shaved on three sides, so it's more of a fin than a mohawk, so...
1: Right, okay, okay, okay. And then, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> I love all the work that goes into these things, you know. You can sit there and have this, like, you know, this cool, dark music project, but at the end of the day, there's still this moment where you're just... Doing your hair. Doing your hair, <laughs> i'll I'll try and do like little like social media posts and make it all seem effortless but like i put on makeup and shit like i do do all sorts of stuff because if i feel bad like i look at myself in the mirror i'm like fuck this i'm sitting there putting on fucking concealer and like uh, grab my wife
2: seeing this mug until i've touched it up
1: (laughs) yeah it's all good okay cool so then well how about this let's uh let's play a rain within track and then we will um get into it i like it so you uh you put out this album in in 2016 called dark drive it's an old one yeah yeah and i want i want to listen to this track on it that was cool it's called yours today mine today nice one of my more romantic pieces yeah i dig this one so let's uh let's listen to it and then we'll uh keep chatting that was yours today mine today by the rain within and i'm here right now with the rain within andy hey talking about doing our hair and uh (laughs) stuff like that (laughs) all the important shit yeah yeah that's what i was hoping to talk about today with you yeah so you also you have toured as rain within right
2: yes oh yeah my last tour was 2018 i uh did a full U.S.
1: tour with um and V Nation. When you do live shows as Rain Within, what's your setup? Do you just do it solo, or do you bring some people? Yeah, it's just uh, it's just
2: solo. So it's just me and uh, me and some synthesizers hanging out. Are you are you like a gear guy? I am the exact opposite of a gear guy I'm a, I'm a songwriter first and foremost like I'm really happy that there are gear guys out there because I don't know that I'd be, be a musician if I had to deal with like um you know sound design mm. I like to jump in and write a chorus and then add a verse to it and uh I don't like to sit there and be like is this bass synth perfect
1: that's just not my area like I'm a, I'm a songwriter so when you're sort of composing a track then what do you do you like to use like the same sort of instruments like as you're coming up with like tunes and things or what 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 drives you creatively to sort of make the song
2: i definitely have some like uh soft synths that i you know that i that are kind of my go-tos and what i'll do is i'll pull up a lot of the presets and tweak from there to get you know to get exactly what i like but i i don't really uh build songs from the ground up, but I'll find something that's in the area of what I'm looking for, get the song written, and then tweak it to make it something unique, you know.
1: What would you say is the overall like tone of Rain Within? Because it's synth pop, it's got you know, got a bit of dark kind of vibe to it or whatever. Like, are you like a happy guy? Are you like a goth kind of guy? What's your deal? I'm
2: a, I'm a happy guy with that uh, that undercurrent in my brain all the time of we're all gonna die and nothing that none of this means anything. <laughs> But I am upbeat and happy. I know we're not going to be here long. I'm not going to... I'm not going to mope it out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but, and, and as far as, like, The Rain Within's overall mood, like, it just depends. Like, the song we just listened to is very romantic, but my latest album, Horror Show, and the album that, my next album that I'm working on now, it's really tied up in body horror, you know, the movie genre, body horror, where you're uh, kind of using physical pain and your own body betraying you to be a metaphor for non-physical problems, are you a fan of the body horror genre? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm, I'm already like I'm already watching the uh, watching the clock for the new uh, Cronenberg. Cronenberg, film to yeah. I
1: was just I was gonna say I don't like to tell people when I record these because often we record them and I don't release them for several months and then everything's out of date. But uh, oh, I just posted the comment because it made me laugh. Hold on, I, I watched the trailer again. This I'm I'm not super fan of this kind of stuff. I find it upsetting. But someone wrote the funniest comment under the trailer for the new Cronenberg film. It's called it's Crimes of the Future, right? Is that what it's called. Yes. And hold on here. I got to find it because it was awesome.
2: <laughs> I'm just excited he's back with Vigo Mortensen because those two are magic together.
1: This yeah, this is, <laughs> so I watched the trailer and the trailer is fucked up. And then underneath this person wrote, freaky, horrible thing to produce and inflate the minds of Watcher with terror. The world <laughs> is sick. And that was the,
2: <laughs> it's funny, but like. One of my favorite things when I'm reading a review for a movie, because I'm a horror movie junkie, like just that's my jam. Like above anything else, like horror movies are my, you know, my go-to thing. But whenever I read reviews and somebody's like, this movie was so slow and pretentious, I immediately know I'm going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) The only other thing would be when someone posts, why would someone make garbage like this? It's disgusting. Then I also know
1: (laughs) I'm going to love it. Yeah, you got to find that nice balance between (laughs) disgusting garbage and pretension. Yeah, exactly. It's a hell of a tightrope, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I do have an appreciation for, like, practical effects work. Oh, yeah. So there are times where I will be compelled to watch a thing, but not the movie, like the thing that I find upsetting about horror movies is, um, like, I'm not keen on suffering, so I don't like watching people (laughs) suffer or whatever. Like, like that bothers me. (laughs) But I am also interested in practical effects work. So there are times where I'll just go on YouTube and just watch, like, I, I went through this binge this year where I was just watching um, Hellraiser, just just watching clips of Hellraiser, like just the weird costumes and stuff. Oh yeah! But I didn't still didn't watch the whole film, so I, I have this all of this out of context knowledge of Hellraiser, where it's just like. Is it part three? There's, like, a dude with, like, a disc shooting thing in his head? No, there's a guy with, like, he's got, like, a piston drill thing that's, like, going into his head, and he, like, wiggles his head as he talks.
2: (laughs) I don't actually... All my Cenobites are all mixed up in my head, and I've also read the books.
1: So, is the Cenobites, like... Is it a creation of the movies, like the idea that they're all these sort of wacky things?
2: No, no, he's had, like, characters like this, even in the Hellbound Heart, like the book that Hellraiser is uh, based on, and, you know, even in, like, uh... Cabal and stuff like that. They're what could be considered Cenobites. But I think what the movie did was like create, like, here's the main Cenobite. This is our Michael Myers, you know, but it's Pinhead. Right. It was more of that than like just a a clump of demons anymore. Right, okay.
1: Yeah, because it looked like as the franchise went on they tried to, they were almost like cartoonishly, like, because I know I'm thinking of, I think it's the third one. I feel like there's a confrontation in like a junkyard and there's this one of the Cenobites and he's got a like this drill that keeps on going like back and forth in his head <laughs> He does, it's a weird performance it's like it's better than sex or something like he says that to the lady like I think it's three
2: that's my issue with like sequels that, that whole thing of how everything each sequel has to be more outrageous and bigger than the last mm-hmm. that is Always like a bummer to me because I don't like movies that try too hard and it's one of the reasons I think Kill Bill 2 is so brilliant because in Kill Bill 1 you have the big battle at the end and she's fighting hundreds, you know, it's just a bloodbath and then you get to Kill Bill 2 and the last major fight scene is five seconds long and they never get out of their
1: chairs yeah. <laughs> and i thought it
2: was brilliant like we're not trying to go bigger this is a different story you know but yeah the, the of course the cenobites are gonna get more ridiculous as time goes on because they're gonna feel like they have to outdo themselves
1: i guess conceptually i don't like when things keep going bigger because there's a certain ceiling to where you just get ridiculous like Marvel right now, yeah, yeah. Like it's just so big that it's like, all right, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to pay attention to. Like for me, I'm a I'm a big like Doctor Who fan, and you know it would start out small with the seasons, and as they would go, it's like, oh, this time the universe is in trouble. This time the universe and all of time is in trouble. And like after that, it's like you can't keep doing this <laughs> because like there's no way to there's nowhere to go after this. Like the, you can't have the universe under threat every season finale because it's just not going to mean anything. For me, I don't like. Like, what I noticed they did with um, with Hellraiser, and they do with a lot of franchises, is just, you know, when you watch the first Hellraiser, there isn't really the sense that Pinhead is even the main one. Like, he's sort of like, they sort of arrive as a group, and he happens to talk. That's the key. But they all kind of have sort of equal screen time. It's all just like, look at these weird Cenobite creatures. But then clearly, when they find out the popular character with audiences, and then they build the sequels around them, like you know, like fucking uh, Captain Jack and the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies and stuff. And then it just ends up like diluting the character.
2: Of course. Yeah, it's it's that same thing with music where it's like when a band becomes self-aware of what they're doing mm-hmm. and instead of just doing it now, they know and it, I can al- I always feel like I can feel it like it's like when Metallica went back to writing, you know, metal akin to what they were doing in the 80s. It feels like they were trying to. And that's just my opinion but that's self-awareness.
1: And I guess I don't know um, how you really fight it because on one hand it's like you want to please your audience and then there's this point where you go okay well you know what the audience wants do you give it to them? Because then it's like are you diluting your own creativity by doing what the audience wants but at the same time if you're a person who's creating art you want the audience to like what you're doing.
2: Yeah, it's tricky and like I I like to let myself evolve. There are places I don't want to take the reign within like you know I don't want to add a guitar at any point down the road. That's not, you know, that's not what this act is about. But my latest album is a lot more aggressive than my previous work. You know, a lot less romantic, a lot more aggressive. So,
1: well, how about this? Speaking of moving on here, we'll, we'll move forward. And we'll move to the album Atomic Eyes. Nice. This was in this is in 2018. There are a bunch of awesome songs on here I want to play. So let's just start and, and listen to the titular Atomic Eyes track, because it's a cool one, and then we'll uh, keep talking. So this is uh this is Atomic Eyes by the Rain Within. <laughs> was Atomic Eyes by The Rain Within, and I'm here right now with The Rain Within, Andy talking about Cenobites <laughs> and uh, creativity. I don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Not to be confused with Cinnabon, which is also
1: wonderful. Yeah, they're just, they're too big. <laughs> I feel like whenever I eat a Cinnabon, I just feel like, what did I just do? Like, it's like I did bad drugs or something. Like, my whole body feels it. <laughs> Yeah, it'll stick with you for a while. Yeah, yeah, like literally, though. Like, I think (laughs) it is. Like, that's not a metaphor. It's just you got all this goo in your belly that, like, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm right there with you. So are you a fan of like, do you like horror franchises or do you like standalone weird things? Or I really prefer uh, standalone weird stuff, a lot of foreign horror. Like one of my very favorite films
2: ever is a French film called Martyrs. It's definitely got some body horror elements and it's just a crazy, crazy film, really extreme horror film. And then I I love quieter stuff like Let the Right One In. And uh, recently I saw this really beautiful vampire film called All the Moons. I can't remember the country of origin. I want to say it's a Basque film, but I'm not sure. Do you watch the dubs or are you like subtitles? I prefer subtitles. Though when I watch, when I watch something with dubs, not to be like snobby or anything, but it's when I watch something with dubs, it's because it's like, I'm not looking at this as art. I'm looking at this for entertainment. Like when I watched Squid Game, I just watched it with dubs because it's not going to be one of these things where it's like the the piece is so moving that I'm in tears at the end. But... When it is something like that I definitely want to hear it in the original language as the actors originally performed it
1: yeah I mean it makes sense I feel like if it's animated it's a little easier when it when it's a dub of course but uh, you never quite get over that weird mismatch although sometimes I'm pretty impressed I feel like more modern movies they they do a better job of like getting the timing down and there's always those those weird movies where I'll watch where I go like did they film part of this in another it's like they did, you know there's some like international productions where I almost feel feel like they film some of the actors speaking in their own native languages, but they film everyone speaking in their native languages. Right,
2: right. And I know some, like back in the 80s, there were some Italian horror films that were shot that way. They'd do one take and then the next take and they'd be in both languages.
1: I guess it's sort of the same thing as when they like, when they would film clean versions of like R-rated Like, they film, like, an R-rated comedy, but then, like, shoot the same scene and just, like, change some of the words around. Yeah, right, right, which is horrible. Yeah, and it it takes the fun out of, like, when I was a kid, because this whole thing doesn't exist anymore, but, you know, when I was young, I used to actually like the... (laughs) <laughs> the dubbed for TV versions of movies because the dubs were hilarious. Like, I always dreamed of how fun of a job that would be <laughs> yeah. to take, like, you know, an R rated action movie and then dub in, like, because to this day, Bruce Willis blowing up the airplane at the end of Die Hard 2 and saying, Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon, <laughs> in the dubbed version is <laughs> still, to me, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And, like, if I could go back in time and have a job, I would work at fucking TBS in the States. I'm Canadian, so I'd have to get a visa, I guess, and go to go work at TBS and dub the swear words out of 80s action movies, and I would be <laughs> right. I'd be laughing my ass off cuz it would be so much fun. I'm trying to remember,
2: was there a character named Mr. Falcon or did that just come out of the field?
1: Okay, so what I believe is that he is he calls the plane Falcon, so they dubbed in a previous line where he He's climbing the ladder and he's going to the to the plane yard or what do you call the runway the plane yard. And so he's going up the ladder and then he says (laughs) and he says come to Papa Falcon and then I think they put that line in there to justify later in the movie when he says, yippee mister Falcon.
2: Yeah, I love I love some asshole of the studio being like, hey, we're going to edit in this really shitty dub to get rid of this curse word. And, and they're like, well, dude, that's really not going to work with the narrative.
1: <laughs> no, it's awesome. Die Hard 2, like the whole dub of that movie is awesome. There's a scene where they just take dialogue from a different character and put it in Bruce Willis's mouth. There's a scene where they just tell a guy doing a really bad impression so the same dude that does the yippee guy, mister falcon and it doesn't even sound anything like bruce willis <laughs> and there's a part where he's yelling at dennis franz's character and he's like what sets off the metal detector first and it's the 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 lead in your ass or the shit in your brains or some like that's the original line and he's like the right and he says like the, the, the lead in your hat or the junk in your brains <laughs> and the way he's just like the, way he's like the lead in your head or the junk in your brains and then walk. Out, and it's so awesome. It's amazing.
3: (laughs) Hey Carmine, let me ask you something. What sets off the metal detectors first? The lead in your head or the junk in your brains.
1: That sounds perfect. Yeah. One of these days, I think I got to go back on the internet because the original person who posted it was like on YouTube from like 20 years ago. And so the quality is really bad. And so I think someone should take the audio from that, but marry it with the uh, the Blu-ray quality picture. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and, and then release, release it on VHS though. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Uh yeah, there were some good ones back in the day. So then, what else? Uh, what what goes on in in your life then? So we we you at the horror movies and stuff. What else does Andy Dean like to do?
2: I work in production, so I'm I'm always always busy. You know, outside of making my own music, working in production and stuff like that. And uh, but I also have you know I'm on Patreon, which I know a lot of artists are nowadays. So I write, record, and master two songs for that every month, which is pretty insane, but. I've been doing it for three or four years now and haven't missed a single month, you know, of that two song deadline. And that has made writing songs and producing songs like really easy for me now. (laughs) Like, Like, it doesn't take a lot of time. I've, you know, this practice has just done wonders.
1: How does that work then? Is is your new album like a collection of these tracks that you've been working on, like month to month?
2: And that's the thing. That's the uh, that's the other thing. It is not. Ooh. So the album is is ninety percent songs that haven't been released. I think two songs that are on the album I had first re- two or three I had first released on Patreon and. When I went to put them on the album, I, you know, remixed them, changed some parts here and there. So I write a lot of songs. Like, I'm always working on music, and what I'm eventually going to do is, like, there's a project of mine called God Spare No Better that's more in the witch house vein, and it's, uh, I have a rule for that one, is there's not allowed to be a shred of hope in the music. It has to be completely dark, dismal, not a (laughs) silver lining to be found. Mm. And I've got like an album and a half or two albums worth of material for that project just on Patreon alone. So I am going to start releasing some of that stuff publicly and doing some like limited edition discs, you know, things like that. Limited edition merch and uh, nothing I plan to tour with or anything and nothing that I'm really even necessarily pushing, but something I'd like to be out there for anybody who gives a damn so
1: i've never heard anyone pronounce patreon the way that you do i don't know <laughs> is, what did i say this is new to me do people say patreon you know maybe maybe i'm the maybe i'm the one weirdo i I've, know I've, <laughs> i see sometimes whenever i hear a new pronunciation i'm always wondering if i'm the idiot <laughs> I'm usually the idiot, so. <laughs> well, I just realized that's not to mean you're an idiot. I just realized what I said. <laughs> but in this case, my friend, it's you. What a loser.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you talk like stupid people. <laughs> With your two songs a month thing, like, is your Patreon exclusively Rain Within, or is it just any sort of Andy Dean-related project? It is all over the place.
2: There will be Rain Within songs that are exclusive. There will be remixes that are exclusive. And, like, I do some, um, post-punk I do, uh, you know, I write some post-punk stuff and put it on there where, you know, I'm I'm playing guitar and stuff like that. And I do a lot of, I have an instrumental project called Small Precious Lights. And it's all slow, sad, sweet instrumental stuff. So it's kind of all over. I do a horror punk, you know, I do some songs with that.
1: Um. What the fuck? How many fucking things do you have? <laughs> hey,
2: man, you write two songs a month and see, see
1: what no, your you, ass comes up with. <laughs> no, but it's just like it sounds like you have like eighty different uh,
2: acts. I really do. Like at this point, it's a lot. that's cool. I mean,
1: keep yourself busy,
2: right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I have, I have. I write in so many different genres on there. I even have just some straight up like. One of the songs I did last month was just a modern pop song, something you'd expect to hear on like a new Miley Cyrus album or something.
1: Well, it's good to get all those uh, those, all these facets of yourself out there, right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: And like, you know, it's one of those things when I was uh, when I was in high school, at least at the time, I was very typical in the way that like I had my because I was a metalhead and that's all I listened to and everything else sucked, you know? And I think just growing up and getting older, I'm so much more open-minded about music and genres. And, you know, in high school, I think being a part of a scene was, and and loving metal and stuff like that, was defining me as a person in a lot of ways when I needed that. And now I'm just me, you know? And what I like, it doesn't define me. So i'm way open-minded now i listen to stuff from all of i listen to more hip-hop than anything else probably at this point
1: although it sounds weird now because we we talk about all these different genres and i'm here to to bring us back to the rain within because i want to listen to another song nice i want to listen to the track while i am here oh cool cool because this is one i dug from the album so let's listen to that and then we'll keep chatting this is uh, while i am here by the rain within That was the rain within, with the track "While I Am Here," and I'm here right now with the rain within, aka Andy Dean, aka God's Fair No Better, aka Small Precious Lights, aka Half of <laughs> Bella Morte. What's does your post punk act have a name?
2: No, I can't. I can't decide. <laughs> like so, <laughs> like I, I keep trying to come up with names, and I'm like. No, that's stupid too. (laughs) (laughs) So until I put out an album, luckily I have that, you know, I have that luxury of not having to come up with a title. But once I finally release it, it's going to need something. But uh, that day's not here yet.
1: What the fuck is Witch House? Man,
2: I don't know how to define it. I'm sure somebody else could probably define it better than me. But like, it's really like dark music with like EDM elements, a lot of reverb, trap and hip hop beats. And generally you're not gonna have like, I don't know, like super clear, crystal clear vocals. It's gonna be murky and but but you know, every all the acts are doing it are kind of doing their own thing with it. But uh it's it's I really like it. It's it's one of those genres I think that uh it's as big as it's gonna get pretty much because it didn't really leave itself any room to expand. But at the same time, maybe that's not the worst thing, you know? When people go out looking for it, they know what they're gonna get. But it's a,
1: it's a lot of fun. I really dig it. So like but what's what's the what's the witch part <laughs> witches I, I, I'm just trying to figure out like what do you have against witches no I got nothing against witches I, I guess <laughs> or, or do I you know, I've never actually thought about it like like actual witches like Wiccans are Wiccans
2: witches? I think they probably call themselves witches at the very least. I think that counts. I don't know, because I don't know how I feel about real-life devilish magic. <laughs> <laughs> that's That would make a good shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about real-life devilish magic. <laughs> people people wouldn't know whether to cross the street
1: because you're a crazy Christian or what. Yeah, oh, that's true, yeah.
2: <laughs> like, like, maybe this guy's on our team,
1: maybe he isn't. Yeah, plus I'm always carrying around a Bible. <laughs> I feel like some people just find that whole look kind of off putting.
2: And I like to swat people with it. Yeah. <laughs> feel the real weight.
1: Yeah. I remember when I was a kid uh, I guess they probably obviously probably don't do this now but uh, at one point someone came to our school and gave everyone little bibles that's insane yeah (laughs) holy crap I I mean, that is
2: terrifying holy
1: shit I remember I I had it on me at recess because there was this uh, this episode of Doctor Who where there was they were in this place and it was like this satire and there were these they were called caretakers of this this giant building and they carried around this rule book with them and it was sort of like Like a satire about red tape and rules and regulations and all these things, and they followed it to the letter. And so I carried it around for a while because I was like pretending to be these characters, but I didn't quite understand the weirdness that it was a Bible. (laughs) Because I, I think some of the teachers, like, if they saw me playing with this thing, like, maybe it was, like, a bit off-putting or whatever. Because, like, I, I didn't give a shit what was written in it. I just liked that it was this little book. You know, they had these little thin pages. <laughs> right. You know, the paper in Bibles is very thin because there's so many pages for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it feels nice to turn the the pages of the little book. Anyway.
2: <laughs> that's, my, that's my story. <laughs> So basically you were an insane child. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's what we're getting at. That's where this, is, this yeah. winding road is taking us.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all started with the uh, word of the Lord. <laughs> Somehow
2: you got the Bible and Doctor Who mixed up, and yeah. <laughs> that's what creates a really fucked up adult human being.
1: Nowadays, with the vacuum left by so many people, you know, like not having any sort of religion, I feel like that's what the Marvel and all these things are sort of filling that gap for people now. When you see how seriously people take these... Uh, these franchises like your Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and all this stuff. Yeah. Which I would prefer to be honest with you. I always thought it'd be funny to like just start a like Lord of the Rings religion and like <laughs> proselytize <laughs> the same way they do in church. But like to kids like and then Gollum he did take the ring to Mount Doom but he fell in the lava and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Then you
2: get your detractors though and they're like Ant-Man would never steal the staff of Organon or <laughs> <laughs> That was bullshit. I love
1: it. Ant-Man would never steal the staff of Organon. That's I, mean. yeah, I don't know what that
2: is, but I just came up with it.
1: I mean, it sounds true to me, man. Right? <laughs> and
2: if anyone disagrees with it, I just like... You know, we put them up on something and burn them and yeah, it's I love it.
1: <laughs> religion wins again. I love the idea of the staff of Organon. I want that to be a thing.
2: <laughs> I always say that's all you need to do to write fantasy is everything is the something of something. Yeah. Oh, that's the white witch of Blapla Capacan. And yeah, yeah. oh, but he found the sword of Gringlefoot. And like <laughs> that's how you write it. You go from point A to B to C to D, and then you fight the big thing. But everything needs to be a the of the, you know?
1: I like it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm telling you, my vote right now is for the staff of Organon. I think that's the... <laughs> That's the winner today. Wait, so you say you work in production? What does that mean? What do you do?
2: So I work in concert, like video production, camera crews and stuff like that. So I, you know, I travel and do that for different music festivals and stuff, you know, things of that nature.
1: It's a cool job. So do you ever get to like steal some of the equipment and use it for your own uh, performances?
2: I haven't gotten there yet, but I may breach that subject later in the year. I mean, you don't have to tell anyone. I mean, especially if you don't care about working next year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, when they just see you walking out, you just, like, have this really big coat, and then you just, underneath the coat, you just got all these, like, fucking strobe lights and, like, tripods with things on them and speakers and...
2: Or when your video comes out, you have to figure out how to get none of the people you've worked with to ever see it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, dude, let me see your laptop for 15 minutes. Well,
1: (laughs) I think we'd all be in trouble if everyone found our laptops. Oh, yeah, it'd be terrible. That's where I, uh... (laughs) do all my embezzling or whatever. I right? Oh, I love embezzling. You know what? What is embezzling?
2: <laughs> it's the opposite of outbezzling.
1: Embezzling is just stealing money from the company you work for? Is that what embezzling is? It's just a word it I know, is, but I've never...
2: It is, but if you give it a different name, the poor guy that steals someone's purse and gets $200 out of it, and they get 10 years in jail, embezzling you can steal... $18 million from 2,000 people, and you're, you lose your job for a week. Man, I should get into embezzling. I feel like, uh, way better. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's way better.
1: Yeah, I'm tired of getting dinged for all these purses I keep stealing.
2: I know. I know. It's not worth it. It's just not worth the effort anymore. They're making it impossible for purse dealers <laughs> yeah, around for, the world.
1: For the little guy. The, <laughs> the little guy. guy. <laughs> Little Thief. You need to (laughs) unionize. Yeah. Well, look, all this talk of embezzling makes me want to listen to some more music. So uh, you had this instrumental track that I dug on Atomic Eyes called Android Hearts, which is cool. Oh, thanks. I really
2: like that one. That almost didn't make the album, but I was like, this album needs a capper. It needs a a finishing
1: piece. So I I added it. Yeah, well, I dig it. So let's listen to it Uh, because it's cool. It's called Android Hearts, and it's by The Rain Within. Was the rain within with the track Android Hearts? And I don't. My voice just went up there. Hearts, Android Hearts, (laughs) and I'm here right now with the Rain Within Andy Dean talking about stealing production equipment (laughs) to fuel a tour of your own (laughs) and uh, embezzling. (laughs) That's what we're. That's what we're getting into here. Yeah. (laughs) Purse snatching, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, purse snatching, that's a term I haven't heard in a while. Right, like, right. I, I don't know why I would want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing, like, the, the two songs a month thing, is there ever, like, input from the people who actually, like, support you on Patreon? Because I've seen you do, you've you done some covers as well. Like, is that a thing that ever comes from people saying, like, hey, like, do a cover of this or do that? Or is it all coming from the, the mind of Andy Dean?
2: I've definitely had people make uh, suggestions and they're... I don't generally like, you know, when people just throw out like any cover, like I have to like the song and then feel that I'm going to be able to add something or put a different spin on it in a, in a good way. But I've, I've definitely had people on, on their vote. You know, like, here's five songs I'm thinking about covering. What do you think? And I think one of those was uh, Cindy Lauper's Time After Time, which uh, I really, really like how it turned out. And I d- Most recently, I did uh, Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. Of course, love my 80s covers. But I, over time, I've covered two Celine Dion songs, Nice. <laughs> theme from Titanic, and uh, more recently, that song Ashes from Deadpool 2. Really beautiful song. I covered that one. I did Knights in White Satin by the Moody Blues not too long ago. Did Ghostbusters, which was super stupid.
1: Yeah, my... My my thing with covers is I just I like when when it is transformative in some way because I feel like in the synthwave scene I've said this a lot on the show but sometimes I find there's these funny things people do where they'll cover a song but essentially it's like the same I mean this is like a common one that happens where people do like a, here's my cover of Stranger Things theme song and they do a synthwave cover of the Stranger Things theme song which is a synthwave already
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's almost like it's like they had the MIDI file yeah yeah and they just did some sound- replacement
1: <laughs> And I always find that sort of weird So like I, I always like to see someone Who like when they do a cover like take Something like a different genre or something You know like where it feels like oh there's actually Like a transformative aspect of this Or in the case of like because I listened To uh, some of the covers you did and I think Like you're hungry like the wolf one it's sort of Almost like in a different tempo like you've Slowed it down and it's it, it slowed sounds it Way yeah.
2: down I made it super chill mm-hmm. Took any
1: like danceiness or Aggression out of it it's very quiet And chill yeah like that's to me is like I I feel like the ultimate purpose of a cover. And the only other one, this this is the challenge I keep issuing to, uh, (laughs) to my audience is for people to cover songs. They don't like, that's the one I want to see more of. And I know that's tricky for people because like you say, like, you know, when you're going to do a cover, like you want to like it, but sometimes there's some songs in the world that are so annoying that (laughs) I sit there and go, wouldn't it be cool? Like to actually like (laughs) try and change this into something. Like I would love to hear that. Or like people take like Mariah Carey songs. I can't stand and like, like, Ooh man! Turn them into cool songs. Yeah,
2: but if one of those people was like doing that and then they like had a heart attack right after, like that would be your fucking fault.
1: <laughs> that, that's what's gonna yeah. happen as they're listening to the old <laughs> shitty music and just like
2: it's so like all I want for Christmas and
4: then uh, uh, fuck Beyonce. Uh. <laughs>
1: It is true that that's what most of the people who listen to this show say. <laughs> that, that's the most common comment I get. It's like, Fuck Beyonce, and fuck you. <laughs> uh, so wait, so for the like the live production stuff, then does that mean like you are constantly on the move? Like if you work for this place, you're like going to different venues, or do you have like a location, or do you work within a certain radius? So I do a lot of gigs throughout the year, I'm working
2: with you know lighting crews and camera crews around Virginia. But I was just in Florida for a festival, and I'm I'm going to be on the road literally all of June and July, traipsing around the U.S. So so it just depends. On when I'm working and what's, you know, what I'm needed for at the time. So, like, you live
1: in Virginia? Is that the reason?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't just, I don't like just favorite. it
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fucking weird. I don't really know too much about <laughs> Virginia. What goes on there?
2: I don't know. It's fine. I think every place is just about who you know. Mm. You know, aside from being in, I'm not going to get political here, but I don't want to live in like a deep red state. Sure. But aside from that, anywhere I'm at, if I'm around people I care about, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I don't like hot weather. That's the other thing. I'm not a big fan of hot weather. We could do some. I, I wish that we got to choose, like, sweating or panting. Because I might just choose to pant, you know? Yeah. Shirt would stay dry. I'd look a little <laughs> ridiculous, but I can live with that.
1: Well, I mean, I've seen some crazy people around the city that do that. Yeah, but they're sweating at the same time. It's completely yeah, yeah. fucking <laughs> pointless. <laughs> yeah, you got me there. I think this year what I wanted to start doing is keeping a journal of all the days where the weather was perfect because I'm starting to think that there, there just aren't that many perfect weather days in the year Yeah, like and especially now as like the climate is sort of like morphing around I feel like we just keep going between like extreme so like the summer now in Toronto gets really really hot like it gets super super hot but then the winter is really cold and then it always I feel like there's probably like maybe 10 days a year that I'd be like you know what this was a perfect day because I don't I'm not really like a t-shirt and shorts guy. Same. Same. I want to wear the clothes I like. You know, I like long sleeves. I like jeans and pants and stuff. Yep. But I like a nice... I like a warm evening, but that's not too hot. But, like, it's, you know, it's nice. You feel comfortable in, like, the clothes you wear and whatever. And and I want to start just keeping a journal, like, so every time that happens, go, like, today was a perfect weather day. We, would you know, went on a nice walk and had a drink on a patio and blah, blah, blah. I love those days where it's, like, I can wear my hoodie or not.
2: And Mm. either way, I feel great. Do you like to wear a hoodie with a logo on it? Sometimes a logo, sometimes not. Like, I always keep, one whenever I print hoodies, I always, you know, get one printed in my size for me. So I've got a lot of me hoodies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't really wear too many brand things. I guess I have some synthwave artist shirts. But then I think uh, I've decided now that I do prefer to wear hoodies. I would like a few hoodies and I, and it's only been like in the past like few months where I'm like, you know what? I think I am just a hoodie guy. I got to embrace it. It's
2: the best. I even have hoodie t-shirts. And that is... what that's next level (laughs) it's so fucking comfortable when you go to the theater you can throw your hoodie up even though you're in a t-shirt and you're comfortable it's it's just i'm telling you i didn't even know that was a thing totally is a thing i got mine at h&m i don't know where else you know but they're so freaking comfortable and they look killer too i love them a hoodie t-shirt yeah Mm. it's exactly what it's and i also like my t-shirts long i like long t-shirts
1: I paid money for this thing it was advertised on Instagram and it was like dad bod t-shirts because I'm like a skinny guy but I have a belly a bit which I want to get rid of but you have to do diet and stuff you know it's like what's the hell there's surgery for that now uh yeah (laughs) hey assholes cut my stomach (laughs) off Doctors (laughs) Doctors <laughs> like being called assholes right before the procedure happens. It's always the best way to go. And, uh, essentially what it is, is like they, uh, they're like tighter in the torso, and then they kind of go baggier, like, at the bottom, so it's less like, it, it, it pronounces the belly less. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm so glad we talked about it then, yeah. <laughs> since it's average and you don't have an opinion on it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> eh, stupid. Way to go. Yeah, man. Show host. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never claimed to be a good one. But like like you, just like once I put my show on Patreon, it did uh, it it gave me the the impetus to make sure I keep on putting these out regularly. Yeah. So that 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 is why it's happening. It's not because I'm good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just like to do stuff a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, look, how about this? (laughs) Let's move forward. We're going to move to the year 2021, which you've described as your more aggressive album horror show. Yes. And uh, I want to listen to, uh, this was a track I dug off it called State of, I guess, maybe I'm not necessarily picking the more aggressive ones, but I was going to pick the track State of Mind, because I think that's a cool song. Cool. And uh, let's listen to it, and then we'll keep chatting. This is uh, State of Mind by The Rain Within. That was the rain within with the track state of mind from the album horror show. Cause he likes horror shows. <laughs> that was the best segue yeah.
3: ever.
2: <laughs>
1: Holy shit. I just want you to know I'm paying attention. The listeners ears are going to be bleeding after that. Oh, they're bleeding all the time. <laughs> so what's, what's this one about then?
2: Yeah. Like I was saying, uh, a lot of the tracks on the album, are very horror oriented like especially the songs like cut the opening track and then the title track horror show those are definitely aggressive tracks and they they get a lot into body horror and i didn't quite get it out of my system so the next reign within album which i've already started working on is gonna follow in that vein And the first track i'm working on is actually called body horror so i'm really like you know Hitting it on the nose with that one because it's been such a huge influence on my work lately. But, uh, yeah, the album's definitely, you know, a darker, a darker album than previous Rain Within albums, less romantic album. And I, I just love writing this stuff. And that's where my brain is right now as far as creating sounds. So
1: why was the, the earlier stuff more, more romantic? Were you like courting a lady at the time? What was going on?
2: <laughs> no, no. Um, you just go through life and, I don't even know what shapes what I'm writing all the time. Sometimes it's just kind of what's flowing easily. I don't like to force anything, you know. And uh, that's what was flowing at the time, and this is what's flowing now. Sometimes I wonder if doing a lot of live shows has something to do with it because you, you, know, you get such a reaction to the more aggressive pieces, you know, mm-hmm. at live shows. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe life, you know, we are obviously in a very tumultuous time. So, politically in the U.S., it was, you know, it's been insane. And so, everything kind of, I guess, added up.
1: Yeah. Well, luckily, it's all calmed down now, right? Everything's good? Oh. Oh, certainly. The U.S. is
2: definitely not insane. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what can you do but laugh? Uh, Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, you can... It's hard to leave the U.S. Like nobody wants U.S. citizens. Uh. (laughs) I would take Canada without like I would move in a second. No problem, but it's not that easy. Yeah, uh,
1: you have to get used to some kind of wacky weather. I can deal with wacky weather. I don't know if you're going to be. I don't know if that fucking uh, t-shirt hoodie is going to fly up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'll do is I'll wear it under a heavier hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> and that way, once I go inside, I'm still in a hoodie. What you do is wear the one, wear the t-shirt hoodie back to front, and then wear the big hoodie over top, so your head is like completely covered.
2: Oh, the ultimate sleeping on a plane outfit. You yeah. don't even need to bring a mask.
1: <laughs> It's ah. fucking perfect, dude. Yeah. We should market this. <laughs> I like to consider myself an ideas guy. Right, right. <laughs> I got a lot of great <laughs> ideas like uh, that one I just said. So, well, you're working on a new album right now. Is it going to be out by the time I put this interview out? Is this, this still no, a year not away? No, it a year away.
2: It's going to be 2023 for sure. Yeah, okay. and it might not even be till later in the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna be releasing a uh, cover with a couple of extra tracks on it. Hopefully, later this year, it's my cover of uh, Rihanna's Umbrella, which is actually kind of one of those covers that is actually kind of faithful to the original song, but it feels very different because, you know, male vocals and everything else. But I uh, uh, love doing that one live.
1: You do the umbrella part where she, like, repeats umbrella over and over again? Well, she just repeats Ella, and yes, I do. Yep. Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> hey, man, I don't fuck with Riri. Whatever Riri does,
1: I'm doing it, too, you know? <laughs> well, I guess you got to get pregnant, then. She's pregnant. It's going to be a really tough summer. It'll be weird. But I saw Junior. It can be done. <laughs> That's a Arnold Schwarzenegger film from... Uh, the 90s? Yeah, it's like right around
2: time when he was just constantly tossing out like they did they used to do that to every action hero like after they'd been like awesome for a while then they would be like now you get to be an idiot, yeah. you know? <laughs>
1: That's a great way of putting it. It's
2: very weird. They'd immediately be in like kids movies for the rest of their career. And it was so confusing and disappointing.
1: Yeah. I think it has something to do with once people like have kids and then they just want to have a, have a movie that their kids can watch, I guess. Like I, I feel like that's the thing. Like I saw like, you know, interviews with like Eddie Murphy and stuff where it it felt like that was the whole reason behind all of those things. Like they make a bunch of like R rated, like comedy and action. And then they have kids and it's like, they can't show any of their movies to their kids. So basically we should stop these people from having, having kids is what i'm getting
2: from this like once once uh, we have to do
1: yeah once an actor's at the top of their game making awesome like r-rated action films and then it's like you have to they have to immediately be sterilized exactly well but they could adopt right we can somehow stop that too there's always a way yeah
4: (laughs) where there's a
2: will Who knows? There could have been Conan 3, you know? Fucking instead, I got twins.
1: Yeah, there could have been... Wasn't there going to be, like, a new one, but then it fell apart? Everyone was always waiting for that.
2: Yes, and I'm so bummed that that never happened Yeah, They were going to do Conan the King. And... I saw the guy, I can't remember who it was, but the guy leading the production was talking about how he was going to disregard the second film and it was going to go back to like John Milius and and Oliver Stone. He's going to go back to like their original vision of that world from the first film. Oh, I was so excited about it. And yeah,
1: just. It's weird. eh? There was a bunch of projects like that that were floating around. Yeah. And none of them ended up happening because it was also the the what's his face? Like Neil Blomkamp was going to do like an alien sequel that was going to pretend that alien 3 didn't happen and like there was like Michael Bean and Sigourney Weaver like in the uh, in the concept art then he also was going to try and do a RoboCop 3 I will say this
2: I was excited when I heard about that alien sequel but then after seeing his work
1: since what was a district 9 since that film I have hated everything he's done <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that's an interesting one too i kind of agree like district nine was cool elysium was fine Ugh. i didn't like yeah like i didn't love it it was just sort of like okay like whatever and then yeah and then uh, yeah Chappy so was a big turd y- you know what i haven't seen Chappie.
2: well there you go there you go. You've done. You've made the right. Like if it was a choose your own adventure book, yeah, you get to turn the page. Yeah. My ass is dead. Yeah. I have to go back to the beginning of the book because I watched Chappy.
1: Yeah, I don't know. One of these days, maybe I'll look at it. Nothing about it appealed to me. Like I normally like movies about like, hey, there's a robot that has feelings and probably sacrifices itself at the end for the human people. But like, <laughs> yeah, like it just there was something off putting about that project to me. So who knows? You might be right. Like it might have just turned out that he would have made a shit. Thing.
2: That's my feeling after watching the rest of his
1: body of work. Well, we'll have to uh well, I mean it's not going to happen now anyway, so. Yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know. Like recently there have been a lot of these sequels that have tried to pretend that other aspects of the franchises don't exist, and I think ultimately it doesn't work. This is the unfortunate reality of franchises in the world. Like, once a bad sequel exists, it just exists. Yeah. And we can pretend it doesn't and it's fine. Like, you don't have to watch it. But when they make sequels where they go, oh, this Terminator movie is the real Terminator 3. But the other ones did happen. I saw them. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how you pretend. It's never gonna change things. So many, like, in the past few years... You know well like yeah Terminator was like an example of that or like the new Halloween movies where they're like actually like those eight Halloween movies in between didn't happen or uh, <laughs> or even you know when Star Wars like when the Force Awakens came out like there was a big sort of emphasis on let's not talk about the prequels and in but then that trilogy went off the rails that's why I really enjoyed the new Spider-Man movie because it was just sort of like you know what we're just gonna embrace all the stupid things that happened and like just try and like have fun with it or whatever
2: you know and that's one of my problems and I know it's It's an issue I have, but there's no fixing it. I have so much trouble watching a movie that's like just fun. (laughs) I am the biggest (laughs) fucking snobby asshole in the world with movies. I come out just grumpy, (laughs) as grumpy as I get, you know, but man, I have so much trouble, but I keep going, but like not this most recent one, which I thought was fine. That latest Spider-Man film, I thought it was fine, but the one before it, That is one of, like, my top five worst films of all time. (laughs) Like, just, like, they were pouring dog shit into my eyes and ears. Like, I don't even understand, like, his high school friend, like, why he's in the movies. And they did this thing where he's got a crush on a girl on a bus. But we're dealing with, like, world-ending scenarios with this... Mysterion or whatever, Mysterio, whatever his name is. But we're supposed to also <laughs> care about his high school friend's crush? And I am sitting in a the theater. It was kind of like when I saw The Last Jedi, that second of the new Star Wars trilogy. Mm. We don't like to talk about that here. But anyways, Dude, go there's on. a scene in the casino <laughs> where, mm. like, this drunk leprechaun alien mm-hmm. gets mixed up and thinks BB-8 is a slot machine Uh and starts putting coins in him, but then BB-8 can use those as bullets later. Uh And I had this moment where I like, I was by myself at the movie and I kind of like lifted up a little bit and looked behind me to see if everyone was as
1: furious as I was. They weren't. My audience will be upset, because I literally went off about this movie for two years, (laughs) because I really didn't like it. But, like, for me, Last Jedi was a movie that was, like, a death of a thousand cuts. So I know, like, there's a bunch—I know there's, like, asshole fans, you know, on the internet who want to blame whatever, like, progressive politics and this sort of stuff. For me, I just felt like the movie was, like, a series of just stupid decisions, and they just came at me so fast and furious. Like, the whole movie, I was just going, like, what? What? Why? Why? Who? What? Yes! I've never... And you brought up a thing that I go off on all the time that nobody ever talks about, is... I do not understand the logic of BB-8. Like, the actual droid itself doesn't make sense to me, because like, in the first Force Awakens, we establish that he's full of bungee cable, because there's a scene where the ship flips, and bungee cables shoot out of him, so he sticks to the wall. And then we also see that he has a th- an arm that comes out that has, like, a lighter on it. He also has an empty space inside him where someone can, like, hide, like, a USB stick. And then in the next movie, Poe's ship is like, something's wrong, there's electricity shooting all over the place, and all of a sudden we find out that BB-8 is full of little metal rods. This was like the first part of the movie where I was like, what is happening? He's like plugging electricity like it's a leaky bucket with all of these like little metal arms and I'm like, (laughs) so I'm just watching going like, so what's wrong with the ship and how is this the solution? Like This is a cartoon. It's like basically they're going, it's the plugging a leaky bucket gag except with electricity, which makes no sense. Okay, so BB-8 is full of metal rods, but then this fucking alien (laughs) dwarf fills him with coins so i'm like wait he's hollow and then he can shoot the coins so it's like so he has a mechanism to fire coins at such a, a velocity that they are essentially bullets like what's going on inside that thing you want
2: to know another character that makes absolutely no sense talk about captain phasma yeah, <laughs> like in the first film, like yeah, the biggest badass stormtrooper. She's so badass. She gets her own fucking chrome stormtrooper outfit. By the way, you know she was designed after Phantasm, the movie, the the silver balls, the chrome balls. Mm. That's where her name comes from. I like chrome balls. Chrome balls. That's the name of that. I just named my horror punk project. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but uh, in the first film, they like capture her, and she's immediately like, okay, here are the plans. And in the second movie she like captures two of the main enemies that she's been after and instead of just killing them she's like, that would be too quick. And she totally does like a Batman 1969 thing or like Scooby-Doo where they put you on a conveyor belt so you have time to escape. It was like, why would you hire this idiot? She is the fucking Star Scream of the Star Wars universe for the Empire. (laughs) Like if Megatron would just be like, we need to fire this guy. The fucking Autobots would have been dead in episode three. But that's Captain Phasma. Like she could have just killed it. it. was like done. And she's like, no, string them up. Hook them to the hot dog
1: chopper, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) the hot dog chopper. That's dumb. Listen, I want to listen to another song. All right. This, this will cheer us up here, because, you know, talking about Star Wars is always a depressing affair. <laughs> it's like, of course, of course. God, There's they, no winning. They fucked that thing up for sure. Okay, so this is, uh, <laughs> this is a track I dug. It's called Forward in Reverse, and this is a cool song. And uh, let's listen to that, and then we'll keep chatting. So this is Forward in Reverse by the rain within... was the rain within with the track forward in reverse from the album horror show and i'm here right now with the rain within andy dean of bella morte fame and uh what are the other ones god's fair no better and small precious lights and soon to be chrome balls and what else <laughs> chrome balls for the people man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude we can probably wind down we've been talking for a while is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about i never want to talk about anything Hmm. (laughs) you've come to the right place
2: (laughs) (laughs) this conversation has been very much like my normal conversations with my friends that i have on a daily basis we're either bitching about star wars or (laughs) raving about some like obscure ass french horror movie from 2003 that the people that don't like it just don't understand yeah yeah you know
1: (laughs) we're those assholes
2: yeah (laughs) of course the simpletons don't get it like me
1: yeah they don't understand the symbolism he sprays himself with the perfume he made and then everybody eats him at the end uh... (laughs) because i
2: will say one of my greatest pleasures was seeing um mother in theaters, which I saw like three or four times in the theater with, um, Oh, what's her name from the hunger games? Um, Jennifer Lawrence Katniss Everdeen. Yeah, that is. But I love being in the theater watching that film. And you could tell there were a lot of people that went there like, Oh, it's the new film from the, that lovely girl from the hunger games movies. And then in that film, they're like, we're going to snap a baby in half and eat it. And just watching people getting up and
1: being like, Oh,
2: I'm out. Which one's Mother? <laughs> oh, man, it's incredible. It's Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bar... What's his name? Javier...
1: Yeah, Javier Bardem. Yes. Bardem.
2: I, every time I try to remember something directly, I can't remember it. It has to, like, kind of come to me, but it's this beautiful movie, but very abstract to, you know, in some ways, a biblical allegory and... Um, it, oh, it's, it's really good, but it's-
1: Yes, yes, okay, yeah, I know, like, sorry. I was confusing it with, wasn't there a movie that came out more recently? I think it just has, like, three female leads, and it's, like, their mother is old and sort of dying, and then I think the end of the movie is they kind of, like, peel her skin off or something. What was that movie called? Huh. M- wasn't it called Mother as well.
2: I'm thinking of the eyes of my mother, but that's a different idea.
1: God, what the hell was it called? I mean, it, it's another, I mean, I never watched it, but it's, like, it was also, like, a. It's a it was a story about aging and stuff like that. And it, you know, yeah, yeah. And at the end, they, I think they literally like take her skin off or something. That'll teach her. Yeah. But it's not, not in that way. I think it's meant to be like horrifying, but like imbued with symbolism. Like it's yeah, not like they're yeah, torturing yeah. her. Like it's right, right, right. No, that's cool. I, to, I would, that's the type
2: of thing I would like to watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I say that completely unironically. <laughs> That's why I like doing the show. I like just uh, talking about random things. I always have to, like, kind of stop the Star Wars ones just because there was, like, this two-year period after The Last Jedi where I probably bitched about that movie, like, every episode. And so there was a point where I had to be, like, I think I have to, like, censor this topic now.
2: Man, you were doing the work. You were doing the good work of the people. They might not know it's helping them. They might not have known at the time.
1: That movie just... I think the thing that made me up, upset the most is, like, that movie made me sad. Like, when I left the theater, I was just sort of sad. Like, it wasn't even the same kind of bad that the prequels were. Like, because those were just dumb. Like, I would walk up and be like, what yeah. the fuck is... What is with this weird movie? Like, they're just directed so strangely and the acting so weird. And then this one just... I walked down like... What the fuck was that? And I was so confused because I went into that movie. Like, all the reviews were talking about how it was, like, the greatest thing since uh, Empire Strikes Back. And so I was, like, expecting, like, oh, this is going to be really good. And then, like, I walked out, like, what fucking movie did those reviewers watch? Like, did they see something else? Like, they showed them just, like, Terminator 2 or, like, some awesome movie. And, like, anyway. They just
2: need to, they just need to hand the reins over to the entire crew of uh, Rogue One.
1: Just yeah, like, Rogue One was cool. Yeah. That's the only one I think I liked in the theater. And I do I do like The Mandalorian. It is very, like, simple, but it does make me happy. Like, it, it feels like Star Wars to me. Right, right,
2: totally. And, and I, the Ahsoka Tano, like, her casting is on point.
1: Yeah, and like, and that stuff was all cool. Like, I think different sci-fi franchises, they they each do a thing that the audiences kind of expect. And I still think you can, like, have surprises and, you know, like, do interesting things within them, but I feel like sometimes if if you stretch them too far then they just don't feel like the thing anymore. Agreed. I feel like this is happening with all the science fiction franchises. I feel like whenever I go on the, even if it's something I'm not, like, I'm not a big Star Trek guy, for example, but I see the way people respond to, like, some of the new Star Trek shows and I'm like okay so they're getting their franchise fucked with too but <laughs> it's it's almost like in a different way it's like with like Star Wars with The Last Jedi it's like they tried to make it like oh, let's like explore the gray areas and like oh the people you think are heroes maybe aren't heroes and blah blah and I'm like that's not what Star Wars is like Star Wars is guys with capes and swords and space battles and like <laughs> swashbuckling and, and you know like that's what it is simple so when I watch Mandalorian I'm like yes this show is very simple simple. It's like a guy goes on a mission, you'll have a whole episode where it's like, this episode, his ship breaks down, and he has to buy some new parts, or whatever, and like... (laughs) I like that yeah because I feel like Star Wars is sort of simple and from what I gather what seeing like people reviewing like the new Star Trek shows it's like they've taken a show that you know does deal with like you know contemporary topics in a science fiction way and stuff and turned it into like sort of a dumb action show
2: right right yeah kind of they're kind of meeting in the middle it
1: sounds like yeah and it's like it's like the flip you know it's 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 just interesting to me to, to see that happen because whatever who cares <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you're looking forward to like uh, I guess we talked about the Cronenberg film like is that the is that the big one
2: well I just saw the new um, Gaspar Noe film a film called Vortex and it actually stars Dario Argento and it was very different than I expected I thought it was going to be you know one of his the directors known for making very extreme films and it was actually kind of the opposite it was kind of a quiet thoughtful somewhat sad nostalgic drama but it was beautiful I had been waiting to see that forever and tonight I'm going to see... Oh, I'm trying to remember what the hell it's called. It's like nesting or something. Or, and that's very typical of me, forgetting everything.
1: Are these all like first run kind of things or do you have like quirky art house cinemas where you are? So, oh, the movie I'm seeing tonight is called Hatching.
2: That's what it's called.
1: But yeah, like we have a couple in Charlottesville. One's
2: called the Alamo Draft House, and the other is called Violet Crown and they both will get underground horror films from like now and then. And right now I'm in Richmond, about an hour out of home and there's a theater here called Movie Land and they get some uh, less popular horror films and sometimes they get foreign stuff which you know that's generally my jam. So.
1: So Alamo Drafthouse is a franchise. Is that correct? It is. It started in uh,
2: Austin, Texas. And I used to stop in there when I'd be on tour. I'd be like, let's see what's playing at the Alamo, (laughs) you know, whenever we'd be driving through Texas. And uh, luckily we got one in my town and there's only like, I don't even want to say there's about 10 of them total or something, 10 or 15 Alamos are in the U.S. total. So got lucky and got one.
1: Were they defeated by COVID? No, or was that something else? Was that a different franchise? Uh, like movie? that must
2: be somebody different. I do know that they got bought, but the original man, like it, it's still the same, right?
1: But yeah, they survived, luckily. So that's where you can go to get your uh, your your My fix, your fix, of your weird movies, you weirdo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's coming up? We'll say goodbye. You can say what's coming up for The rain Within. Well, like I said, uh, check out my latest album, Horror
2: Show. Feel free to uh, support my Patreon. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And like I said, I've got a cover of Rihanna's Umbrella coming out sometime as a digital single with some bonus stuff on it. And I'm working on a new album that's going to deal a lot more with body horror. So that's what's, that's what's in the books right now. And, you know, I'm sure more,
1: more on the way. Follow me on the social medias or whatever. Whatever the kids say. That is what the kids say. That's all they say. <laughs> they don't even say hello. They just walk around and just follow me on the social medias and like run off. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, man well look it was it was fun chatting with you and uh, you make cool music so uh, keep uh, keep it up I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> keep it up keep up the good work thanks thanks I know uh, there was a period of time where I basically just have a giant playlist that's like uh, you know 40,000 <laughs> songs and like in the synthwave stuff and I'll just hit it on random and I know there was a, a point in time where your songs would come up and every time they'd pop up I'd be like oh this is cool I dig this and I'd run back to the computer to see who it is to just like make note I'm like oh it's Rain within again, you know, like nice. <laughs> I I enjoy the music is what I'm trying to say. Oh, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. So you have a you have a lovely Virginia day and uh keep on uh I'm bad at saying goodbye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm crying too. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, dude. You too, man. All right, and that was my chat with The Rain Within. I hope you enjoyed that. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. I might put out something for Christmas, maybe just like a little playlist episode or something, and hopefully we we record something with Lucasette before the end of this season. I don't want to uh, disappoint you, so let's pretend we're not going to do it, and then if we do do it, it's a nice surprise. I hope you all have a lovely day and keep on being cool and tune in next time to be on synth the best synthwave chat show there is
4: Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Or donating via PayPal at BeyondSynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email BeyondSynthSubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.
1: Beyond Synth is made in partnership with your mom.